Welcome to the Zion Church Podcast. We are a church that is passionate about bringing heaven to earth by following Jesus, who demonstrated perfect Christianity. We hope you are blessed by this teaching. Um, we should always uh, give honour to them for doing that because I don't take it for granted. So thank you so much um, for allowing me to speak today. So, man, it's hard to get out of that worship. That was so beautiful. Tell man, oh my God. I couldn't even stand up halfway through. I had to sit down. I'm thinking I wasn't being lazy. I was just really um, experiencing the presence of God. Okay, so today I've been asked to speak on hearing God's voice. So my, um, my background in the sense of why um, Elise would even ask me is that I run a ministry called Be Prophetic and my call is to train and equip people in prophetic ministry. So basically training and equipping the saints, Ephesians 4.11 is that uh, we train and equip the saints for the work of ministry. So my job isn't necessarily that I'm the one that's prophesying and giving amazing words, even though um, God can use me to do that. But the main thing is that that you, the body of Christ, me, that we all prophesy, that we all hear the heart of the Father, um, and that we can hear his voice, that we can see him moving, and that that communication, we actually then can communicate that to others. So the main thing about hearing the voice of God is, one, we, we hear him for us. And I know a lot of people that say, well, they can give prophetic words to people, they, they, um, they go out on the street or wherever they go in church environments, they can give words. But my question is, are you hearing God for you? Because it's actually very important that before we start releasing words to other people, that we hear God's heart for us. And really, at the end of the day, I'm just going to keep it very um, precise. The prophetic is about hearing the heartbeat of God for his people and releasing it. That's what the prophetic is. It's not spooky. It's not weird. There is a gift of prophecy that we hear. Um, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. But... Our, as believers, we can all prophesy, we can all hear God's voice, but are we hearing him for us? And so that's what I, I really wanted to tackle that today. Um, I often hear people say things like, oh, I don't really hear God's voice. Um, you know, maybe Josh and Elise do. They're the senior leaders. They hear God's voice. Um, and Josh often will get up and give words of knowledge. He will give prophetic words. Oh, that's for them. You know, they're leaders, they're senior leaders. But we all can hear the voice of God. And when I say hear, we can receive a communication from God. So sometimes, I didn't move on this. No. 
Well, just stick um, on the handhelds. I don't know what's... I think it might be something. So most people will say, well, how do I hear God's voice? Or I don't hear him very often. I hear him in a service. I might hear him occasionally, but I don't hear him all the time. Some people here would, would probably even say they've never heard the voice of God. And my first thing is, if you've ever read your Bible... Really wrong. Yeah. If you've ever read the Word of God, you've heard His voice. So the next time you think, I'm not hearing God, I'm asking questions, I want to know an answer for something in particular, open up the Word of God. Sit at His feet in worship. Okay, they're the two things that a lot of us can skip. Um, and I just want to, that's actually not even my message, but I've really felt on my heart to say that. It's very important that we seek God. We need to make the effort to seek Him. I really believe we need to be intentional to hear His voice. Any of us in earthly relationships, whether it's friendship, family, uh, romantic relationships, if we're married, um, we're not going to just automatically know what that other person is thinking. We're not automatically going to know who they are as a person unless we intentionally have time with them, unless we intentionally engage with them. And it's really important that as believers we do that with our Lord. So, can you hear God? Is he even speaking? Yes, he is speaking. And he's no respecter of persons. So if Josh and Elise can hear him, if I can hear him, if other people here can hear him, then you can hear him too. Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. So throughout scripture there's this beautiful picture painted between God and his children. And it's a picture of him seeking relationship, wanting to be with us, co-labouring with us. He, he wants to be with us. And it's important that we were created for a relationship with him. And we need that intimacy with him to hear his voice. In Genesis, creation came through the spoken word of God. Jesus says in John 1.1, 1, 1, He's actually described as the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's Jesus. The Father's heart is to speak, and He is more determined and excited to speak to us than we are to listen. The purpose of Him speaking is to draw us into deeper intimacy and relationship with Him. God says in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. So how many of you want to know great and mighty things? Mm. There's a realm in God that we can tap into when we hear his voice. There's a realm in God where we can, we can know things that we would never know. We can be driving on the M1 and the Lord can speak to us and say, take the next turn. And we could miss something that could be potentially fatal. 
We could be sitting with the Lord and he could reveal something to us, some code for some great new invention or some code for a computer program that's going to change how we know life. We need as Christians to be tapping into that realm. Not just people who work for Microsoft or who work for Apple, tapping into that realm of um, spiritual intelligence Chris Fallon talks about. We need to be able to do that. And that's what we can have. That's the privilege we have when we listen to God's voice. Um, in Deuteronomy 5.31, he says, As for you, stand here by me, that I may speak to you. So it's clear that his will is to talk and communicate with us. But we must seek him. And David understood that. If no one else did, David did. He said, early will I seek you, in Psalm 63.1. And it's important that we make that a priority. So I want to challenge you with that today. If you've ever said the words, oh, I don't really hear God, or I don't hear God enough, or I'd like to hear him more, my first thing is I'm going to challenge you. Do you seek him? Do you spend time with him? Do you read his word? Do you worship him in spirit and in truth? That's my first challenge to you today. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, If you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. And that's what we need. We need to search for him. David wrote, For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you, God, in a time, and you may be found. In Psalm 32.6. So there's no formula, there are some keys which I'm going to give you today, but there needs to be intentionality. What we sow in the spirit, we will reap life. When we diligently seek him, we will find him. Isaiah 55, 6 says, See the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Now, the, the actual Hebrew concept in um, Isaiah 55.6 is literally a time of finding. And we all know our drive-through um, mentality now, unless it happened, oh, I'm going to spend five minutes with God and I'm going to get a word from him about this situation, I'm going to get an answer, and then I'm just going to move on and do other things. And we can have that idea that it's going to be quick, it's going to happen quick, I want it now, I want it now. But scripture is very clear about sowing and reaping. And so when we sow in the spirit by spending time with him, by reading his word, by pushing in, we will reap by hearing his voice. So now if you've got your Bibles with you or your phones, I know a lot of people use phones, but I actually want to pick up some keys about hearing God's voice in scripture. And so I want you to go to we're going to um, read out 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 to 10. And these are just three, these are three principles that I think are really basic. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm someone who's really practical. Like I can stand here and say that you're going to encounter angels when you do this and that and something else. But the reality is, those things are incredible and amazing. And I'm going to just say... I don't know who else heard them, but there was a choir of angels in here tonight. Did anyone hear that? That was the most incredible thing I've ever heard. Um, 
But in day-to-day life, we need to be practical. And that's me. I want to be practical with you. Okay, so 1 Samuel 3. I want to quickly give you a little bit of background because if you haven't heard the scripture before, you haven't read it, it's not going to make sense to you. So the background is, who is Samuel? So in Samuel 1 Samuel 1 and 2, we read about Samuel's mother, Hannah. Now, she was a woman who was barren. She couldn't fall pregnant. She goes to the temple and she prays and prays and prays and asks the Lord that if he gives her a child, she will dedicate it back to him. Um, Now, the Lord honours that and she falls pregnant with Samuel. And when Samuel was about three years old, so he would have been weaned and been able to um, be taken to the temple, she takes him and gives him to Eli the priest. She honoured the promise she made to God. Now, in this scripture, historians believe that Samuel was about 12 years old, so he could have been slightly um, older. Um, And although, we've got to remember the state of Israel when we read this as well. The state of Israel was that um, even though God had spoken directly and audibly with Moses and Joshua, his word over the three centuries that had been ruled by judges actually had dried up. So God had stopped speaking. Um, There were no prophets who were speaking God's messages to Israel. So this is the state of Israel. So let's look at 1 Samuel 3, and we're going to start in verse 1. So the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, just there, we've got to remember, where was the ark of God? The The ark of God was kept in the most holy place, Mm -hmm. and the presence of the Lord rested upon the ark. And wherever the ark went, so did the presence of God. And it was kept in an innermost room of the tabernacle, which was only ever entered once a year. Then just outside that was called um, the holy place. And that was a small room where they had sacred furniture, um, they had the altar of incense, the bread of the presence and the lampstand. And then just outside the holy place was a court where they had lots of small rooms. And that's where the priests, so Eli and Samuel, Um, would have slept. So this is key. Samuel is sleeping within metres of the ark of God, the presence of God. Okay, so verse 4. Then the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So remember, it's been three centuries God has not spoken through the prophets. So it's not surprising that Samuel didn't know the word of the Lord. 
So verse 8, the Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. Then Eli realised that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, speak. Lord, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at all other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. So there's, some, there's three major keys I want to pull out of that scripture. Firstly, we need to prepare to hear the voice of the Lord. And as I said before, we need to be intentional. We need to seek God. We need to position ourselves to hear from him. We need to expect to hear from him. I know that the Lord wants to talk to me. I'm going I'm to wait until he does. <coughs> Believers in the Bible didn't just walk away. They didn't ask God a question and then just walk away and not wait for his response. And even in the Old Testament, a lot of the kings would call a prophet because in the Old Testament, God only spoke through the prophets. Um, the kings would call the prophet and they would say, we want to know if we're going to win this battle, if we take this, um, we're going to take this land. So the kings, even in those days, relied on the prophet to hear. They didn't hear themselves because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Um, but they always eagerly waited for the response. They didn't ask the question, are we going to beat the, um, you know, the Midianites and then walk away? They sat and waited. Charles Stanley wrote, if we come to him doubting his ability to speak, we will have a difficult time listening, so we must come expectantly. If we approach our relationship with God and his words expecting him to speak, we will be more patient because we know he will speak. Samuel was in the presence of the Lord. Like today, the beautiful presence that Ben and Talia have have um, ministered today. We're in the presence of the Lord. He's ready to speak. Um, as a small child, he was in the presence of the Lord and he only slept metres away from the Ark of the Covenant or the promises of God. A.W. Tozer said, God will speak to the hearts of those who prepare themselves to hear. Conversely, those who do not prepare themselves will hear nothing, even though the word of God is falling upon their outer ears every Sunday. So even coming here today, you can hear a word of the Lord. It could be one line in the worship song that hit your heart and you know that that was the Lord. It could have been one of the prayers that Elise prayed. And you know it was for you. You know the Lord was answering. In Habakkuk 2.1, the Lord says, I will stand on my guard post and, and station myself on the rampart and watch and see what he will speak to me. Sorry, that was Habakkuk saying that of the Lord. So, number one, we must prepare to hear God's voice. Be intentional. Go after it. Then number two, and this is going to be the hardest, be still and listen for his voice. Samuel lay down quietly and waited for the Lord to speak. 
Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Now, you can't hear God's voice if you've got the music that loud that you can't think, if you've got Netflix on when you go to sleep, if you've got busyness all around you, things happening all the time. You need to be still. It's the quietness and the stillness that we will hear his voice. And the other thing, and this is for me, <laughs> as well as everyone else, but you can't hear if you don't stop talking. <laughs> so for all the other extroverts out there, the introverts are going, hmm, yeah. <laughs> I definitely would not on the Lord and be still. But for the extroverts, it's very easy to get before God and ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba and ba-ba-ba to everybody, talking to everyone, just don't ever stop. We need to be still and we need silence. Um, Ecclesiastes 5.1, and this is the New Living Translation, says, As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. I love when God says what I think. <laughs> that just backs that up nicely. Um, the other thing is to remember, and I'm going to share a really, um, really personal story. Silence is not your enemy. And I've got to be honest, for many, many years, I, I was dealing with a lot of stuff, a lot of things that I've had to have years, or well, seven years actually, of inner healing, work that I had to really process through. And what I found was I couldn't be in silence because when there was nothing, my head would start to spin and I would hear voices, all the voices of the past. I would start to have memories come back to me. And I, that's why I was so busy and I had you know, music on or I'd be doing something. I'd have the TV on even, you know, when I was in another room in the house. I could not have silence because I had to face what I had to face and I ran from it for years. And so what happened was I was on a leadership team at a church and we had a silent retreat. <laughs> Now, once again, for an extrovert, a silent retreat would be like saying, sit in the corner and die because I was, I had the worst attitude going into it. Uh, the whole week before we were told, when we arrived, we were going to be given the rules about the silent retreat. Uh, and we were with other people too, which was worse. I can kind of be quiet when I'm on my own, <laughs> locked in a room somewhere, I can be quiet, but... So we're in this group, we were, um, we were the eldership of the church and this was part of, our, um, part of our training. And so they warned us though, they said, you know, be prepared, you're coming and we're going to have 24 hours of absolute silence. Now, all the way into that weekend, I whinge prayed the whole time. Oh Lord, I can't believe that I have to do this. Oh, I just... I don't know, this isn't even spiritual. I can't even believe that this is spiritual. It's certainly not holy. It's not holy, Lord. How can we praise your name if we're silent? Like, honestly, I tried this whole manipulation trick with God. I was doing this whole thing going into it, but I was freaking out. 
Everything in me was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? All, all the things that I'd used to keep everything at bay was going to be stripped from me. So I went into this weekend, terrible attitude, absolutely horrible. I, we get there, we get given the rules. So the rules were, we were actually allowed to interact with people, but we couldn't speak. So we could sit and have breakfast together and lunch, and that's horrible when you can't talk. Like you can't even say, oh, isn't this lovely? Isn't that, oh, have you had a chicken? I couldn't, you couldn't do anything. The only time we were allowed to speak, and we were allowed to leave the retreat, so we could get in our car and we could drive somewhere if we wanted to sit by the beach, because it was down near Byron. You know, we could go to Byron, we could sit on the beach, we could go to a cafe, we could sort of do all that. But if we spoke, it had to be, you know, I'll have a long black, please. <laughs> but that was it. I couldn't then chat, how's your day been? I was busy in here today. You know, I could not do anything. I love the colour of your hair, you know, that's gorgeous. None of that. I had to be silent. Anyway, so I thought I couldn't stay in the retreat any longer. It was, as I said, my heart was actually pounding out of my chest and I'm freaking out. So I get in the car and I drive to Bangalore, if anyone knows the Northern Rivers. Beautiful, quaint little town. And my heart's racing and it's getting faster and faster. And I pull in, I get a parking spot, and then the next minute, I am wailing. And I mean wailing at the top of my voice gut-wrenching sobs and I am sobbing and sobbing and sobbing and I counted God. I counted the healing love of God and he very gently brought up memories that I pushed down and pushed down and he just gently popped them back up and I wailed and I wailed and honestly, I'm thankful I was in the car with the windows up. Because <laughs> someone could have called the police thinking there was something going on, I don't know. But when I finally calmed and I felt the peace of God come on me, I was able to go into the cafe and I sat down with my journal and the Lord just spoke to me about shame. And I was carrying a cloak of shame. And in fact, I wasn't just carrying it. I had it wrapped around me and it was tied around my neck and I was able just to process that through with the Lord and let it go, let those things go and receive his healing. Now it didn't all go away on that day but a lot of work was done on my heart in that moment. So for someone who hated silence, who thought I was going to die, at one point obviously I felt like I was going to die. Um, but God, God was faithful. And, I, and there was a healing that I would never have experienced had I filled myself with stuff, which is what I was doing. Um, and that's why silence is actually one of the um, contemplative spiritual disciplines. Sitting in silence before the Lord is really important. Um, Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, be sure to pay attention to what, you're what you hear. To those who are open to my teaching, more will be given, more understanding will be given. But to those who are not listening, even what they think they have will be taken away from them. So it's important that we hear the Lord. 
It's important that we prioritise. The process of waiting for the message can honestly be just as important as the message. So that process that we go through with God can be just as important. Um, in our waiting, our faith and our intimacy grows. Often, something we learn while we're waiting will ultimately help us walk out the message. And so what happened was, in that moment, as God dealt with the junk, and then he released his grace and his love and his healing over me, I then had a tool in my toolkit that I could use with other people. And I was already doing in a healing ministry anyway, but there was one more tool that God gave me. And so much fruit came out of that moment. Ezekiel 3.10 says, Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, take into your heart all of my words which I will speak to you and listen closely. So not only have we got to be prepared to hear his voice, but we also need to be still and listening for his voice. Corrie Ten Boom says this, If you want to hear God's voice clearly and you are uncertain, then remain in his presence until he changes this uncertainty. Often much can happen during this waiting for the Lord. Sometimes he changes pride into humility, doubt into faith and peace, sometimes lust into purity. The Lord can and he will do it. The third thing is we need to respond. <coughs> if he's just speaking and we are ignoring or if it's all too much or we tune it out then we're not connecting with a god who loves us so much that he is speaking to us when god spoke samuel did something now i've got to be honest if I was Samuel, and I kept thinking Eli's calling out three times, and then I go in, you know, very, and notice he was very humble, you know, yes, Lord, your servant is listening, you know, you know, what, what did you want, Eli? And he goes, no, it's not me, go back to bed. I don't know, but by time number four, I'm going to be grumpy at the least. I don't think I'm going to be as humble as what Samuel was. But Samuel's heart posture was right. It was open it was humble and then he went to the lord and heard the lord's voice and at that moment god spoke to him and from that moment on he gave a very hard word that had a prophetic word to eli about because he eli's sons were in all sorts of sin he he gave samuel we're talking a 12 year old a very strong word of the lord it was for eli which was basically the Lord's going to, you know, probably take out your whole family. Um, so very strong word. But from that moment on, Scripture says, further in 1 Samuel 3, that not one word that Samuel spoke ever fell to the ground. Mm. Not one word. So every word out of the, that young man's mouth, every prophecy that he prophesied <coughs> was spot on. So we've got to remember, this is an Old Testament scripture, and some of you might be going, oh, well, we live under the New Covenant now, so that's sort of irrelevant. Well, it actually isn't irrelevant. What it is, is it gives us a picture of how we, Samuel was a prophet, 
And under the Old Testament, that's who God spoke to. Under the New Covenant, he speaks to all of us. We're sons and we're daughters of God. He can speak to any of us. He can speak to all of us. So we are like the prophets of the Old Testament in the fact that we hear the word of God directly. We don't have to go to someone to get the word. We don't have to go to someone to have them tell us what God's saying. We ourselves can hear his voice. Under the new covenant, every son and daughter can hear God's voice. When Jesus died, the veil was torn that separated us from the intimacy with the Father. And we don't need to be in the tabernacle. We don't need to be in priestly service for years to communicate with God. We can do it now. He is closer than the very air we breathe. Chris Valentin says... Jesus made it very plain that those who were born again have a tremendous advantage over anyone who lived in the old, under the old covenant because God's spirit now resides within us and is in constant communication with our spirit. So if you believe in God, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, if you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit, you can hear the voice of God. I very quickly want to just mention the voices that we hear and then I'm going to go into a time of ministry but there's two, there's two other voices other than God's voice that we can hear. The first one which probably most of us would assume we know which is there, we have an enemy. 1 Peter 5 8 says your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So the enemy can speak to us. Sometimes it's an outright lie that he speaks. Sometimes he will speak through our circumstances. Sickness, illness, financial difficulty. He will, he will put things in our path that will make us doubt the voice of God. Sometimes he will, he will actually say things to us, well, who do you think you are? Like, why do you think, you know, they want you to be in their church? Why do you, why do you think that, that God would want you to be a leader in the marketplace and in business? Um, you'll never get rid of that sin. You'll never get rid of that addiction. You'll never come out of this thing. You're trapped. That's what the voice of the enemy sounds like. And then when he's failed at everything else, he'll, his next thing, did God really say? And remember in um, Genesis 3:1, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So he was so, he was so down. Did God really say it? It's not going to really hurt if you do that, or you look at that, or you go there, or you say that in anger to someone. He's going to so doubt. And really, at the very minimum, you'll have dis-ease. You won't feel peace. And at the worst, you can be tormented. So that's one of the voices that we can hear other than God. But the other one, I think, is harder. 
And it's harder to discern because sometimes we can give the, the devil credit for something that's actually us. And so the second one thing we can listen to is our soul. And we are a triune being, we're body, soul and spirit. And our soul is made up of our mind, will and emotions. Now God wants us to have a healthy soul. He says in 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. He wants us to be healthy in our soul. So if we're carrying things like if we've got rejection and we walk into a room and people stop talking, we're going to feel that they were talking about us. If we walk into church and the pastor walks past us and doesn't say hello, we're going to be highly offended because we're seen through a lens of rejection. So instead of the truth being the pastor's running around doing 15 things before the service and the sound desk isn't working and they've lost the projector cable and something else has happened and the worship team need to practice and no one's praying and someone's got to set up the kids thing, we get all offended. Oh, the pastor didn't stop and, and speak to me. Oh, well, I won't be going back. That's rejection, speaking. It's a veil. Where if we're healthy, if we have a healthy soul and someone, you know, walks past us and doesn't see it, a healthy soul will go, oh, they're really busy. I'll, I'll make sure I catch up with him at the end of the service. That's a healthy soul. Um, rejection, abandonment, shame. I shared my story of shame. Shame will keep us small. Shame will keep us with our head down. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. That's shame. All those things are a filter to hearing God's voice. And they can speak louder than God if we're not healed and whole. Our soul can also, and I shared this with the Kingdom Living School, so I apologise, I've heard this. Um, but our soul can still speak really strongly when we want something. So if we really want something strongly enough, we can think it's God. And I'm going to use the illustration because I think it's a good one. <laughs> that if you're single and you have romantic feelings for someone, we can often think that's God. Yep. So our soul can say, yes, you're meant to be together forever. He's yours. Go get him, girl. <laughs> Go get him. <laughs> or, yep, she's, she's the one. And, you know, we can see things that we want to see. There could be a sign across, you know, the one, across a doorway, and then in steps the new guy. And all the girls are like, oh, he's the one, he's the one. I've got a sign from heaven. That's the one. We can actually believe that when our soul wants something bad enough. And God actually talks about it in Ezekiel 14. He talks about if we go to him with idols in our hearts and we are praying and asking for something, that he often will answer us through the idol. So sometimes we hear yes, but it's not yes at all. It's because we wanted it that badly. So it's really important that when we're going to God and asking questions about important things, like I'm talking big issues like life partners and, you know, if you want to sell your house and everything you own and move to Venezuela as a missionary, like they're good things. They're not bad things. 
I, you can't go on your soul. You can't let your soul be louder than everything else. Um, and really, you need mature people around you. That you can go to them and say, look, I think this guy's the guy, you know, I really, I think he's hot. I think, you know, he might be the one. Um, I saw him, he was under the one. I thought that was the sign, you know. But take it to someone who will give you an honest answer. And when, when they do, listen. Because I know so many people have gone to senior leaders and gone, he's the one, I know he is. And the leader's gone, well, just put the brakes on. Like, let's not rush into this. Just wait. And if he is, you know, we might meet him. How about you bring him to church? And, oh, no, he's too busy for church. Oh, okay. Well, let's just, you know, we'll take this slow. No, no, it's God. God said it. So we need mature people around us. Um, and so for big issues like that, big things, big questions, you know, please go to someone that you trust, that you can talk to. Um, Proverbs 15.22 says, Your plans will fall apart right in front of you if you fail to get good advice. But if you first seek out multiple counsellors, you'll watch your plans succeed. And then Proverbs 11.14, People lose their way without wise leadership, but a nation succeeds and stands in victory when it has many good counsellors to guide it. So the voice we want to hear is the one of Jesus. We want to hear his voice, the bridegroom, wooing us to him. And if you want to hear the voice of your bridegroom, I know this is a bit weirder for guys. It's easier for girls to see him as a bridegroom. Um, but go to Song of Songs. Read those scriptures. Like Song of Songs 1-9. My dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. You are so thrilling to me. Verse 15, look at you, my dearest darling, you are so lovely, you are beauty itself to me. Man, who doesn't want to hear that from Jesus? Who doesn't want to hear from the Father? You are my son, whom I love, and I am well pleased. You are my daughter, and I delight in you. Who doesn't want to hear that? We want to hear the voice of the Lord. So I know I actually teach like, <laughs> that's probably about three hours worth of teaching jammed into 40 minutes. So um, what I felt the Lord wanted to do today though, I feel like there are people here that have a question for the Lord. You've been, you've been asking, you've been really pushing in with the Lord, you've been praying and you, you want to know the answer. And I really feel like the Lord wants to answer you today. <coughs> I really feel for some of you are going, I actually want to hear God more. I want to hear him when I'm driving in the car. I want to hear him when I'm at the supermarket. I don't want to just hear him when I'm at home in, in the secret place. I want to be talking to him and communicating with him all the time. I feel like there are some people here who have had their ears blocked and their eyes covered. And that can happen from disappointment, frustration, shame, Rejection, a lot of things can, can block us from hearing the voice of the Lord. But I really feel like the Lord, the presence of the Lord is here. It's so strong. Um, and we're, gonna, we're going to have a time of ministry. And what, what I'm going to do is ask the worship team to jump up, please, Ben and Talia. Um, 
And what I would really like to do is that if any of those situations fit you, if you have questions that you've been pushing in and you have not been able to just hear the, the Lord clearly on it, if you feel like your ears are stopped up, you're not hearing anything from God, if you feel like you can't see the Lord, you can't see into the spiritual realm, if that's any of you, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to come to the front and Elise and I and some of the team will pray for you. But there is one thing I wanted to do first. I really sense there's there's one person here, but there could be more. And I feel like the Lord has, um, that the enemy has shut you down. I feel like the, the enemy has stopped you from speaking and I actually see a gag around your mouth. Now, whether that is from something like shame or whether that is from something where you've been told to sit down and be quiet, kids are seen and not heard, words that are spoken even as a child can really carry scars into our um, everyday life. So there's someone here who is really struggling to find their voice. And so I want you to come forward as well. So if that sits with you, if there are any of those other suggestions, we're going to just go into a time of worship. And I really encourage you, come forward and have someone pray with you. I am more than happy to pray. Elise is happy to pray. We have a team that will pray with you. But I really feel like the Lord wants to do business here today. I feel like he wants to change something. You came in one way. He doesn't want you going out the same way. So even if it's just you going, I want to be intentional and I want to seek after him more. I've got more to give and I haven't done it. I've, I've been distracted. Whatever it is, now's your moment. I'm going to get you to come forward. You can, you can kneel, lay, whatever you like at the front. And you may not want prayer. You may just want to encounter your God, the one who loves you and the one who wants to talk to you today and let him speak to your heart. So Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks. Jesus, we know you are the word. And Holy Spirit, we know that you are closer than the very air we breathe. So touch every heart here, Lord. We just break off the power of distraction in Jesus' name. Every bondage that has tried to stop your children from hearing your voice, from receiving your love. Father, we break the power of it now in Jesus' name. And we release life and life in abundance into every heart in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
those of you that have to go, um, feel free to go. But I really sense there's a real weight here. The presence of the Lord is here and he wants to heal. So please don't leave if you want healing. Or if you want to be released into a greater level of hearing the voice of the Lord, come forward. Your God is here and he loves you. And he wants to encounter you today. You've been listening to a Zion Church podcast. For more information about Zion Church, go to zionchurch.info. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash zionchurchgc. And on Instagram, we're at zionchurchofficial. 